When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Winning Time, Season 1, Episode 1. This one is over, but we are just getting started. My name is Grace. We are here on the post-show recap speed to be chatting about Winning Time, the TV show, the new HBO show, talking about the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm very excited uh, to be joining you. It feels like uh, this is a bit in my wheelhouse, covering sports over on Rob as a podcast and previously covering a Josh or an Adam McKay sorry, uh, show on uh, on HBO Succession that this felt like uh, fit the Venn diagram. But I'm not alone. I am here with a very special co-host. I'm here with Jason Reed. Jason, how you doing? Oh, Grace, hold on. Sorry. I'm just uh, finishing up my sand dabs. Uh, sand dabs. I apologize. Uh, Do you want a burger? I, I get you a burger. No, no. These sand dabs are, are fantastic. I have them all the time. Because <laughs> yeah. I got it like that, you know. Did we all um, Google sand dabs during the episode? I did, and it, yeah. I still it, it still didn't seem any more scrumptious after that. Uh, Grace, I'm happy to be here with you to talk about this this uh, seemingly what's going to be a wild show. It is going to be very wild, I think. Yeah, winning time, the rise of the Lakers dynasty, based on a uh, a book, Showtime. Um, yeah, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. I thought uh, first impressions, uh, Jason. What, what did you think uh, overall uh, episode I mean, one? Yeah, coming in, I was like, so how much of this is going to be basketball? How much mm-hmm. is it going to be comedy slash drama? And so far, it's not a lot of actual basketball. It's a lot more uh, establishing the personalities in this first episode. I'm sure we'll get more into basketball later. But I did like how we we're uh, establishing the big players in this first episode. Yeah, I thought that they um, they did a 
pretty good job at like at least teasing out who are going to be some of the the main players. But really, like when I think about, uh, I was very excited to see Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, uh, recreate <laughs> being recreated in his airplane appearance, one of my favorite movies, uh, Airplane. Yeah. But like other than the two scenes he has, he's not really, and you think he'd be a huge personality. So I, I imagine they like seed that in there so that for later um, uh, he's in there. But for the most part, it's mostly, uh, you know, uh, Quincy Isaiah's Magic Johnson, John C. Riley as Jerry Buss. A little bit of Jason Clark as Jerry West, uh, Gabby Hoffman as Claire Rothman, and that's really it. I guess a little bit of Norm Nixon as well in there, but yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I certainly thought it was uh, a great setup. Sometimes premieres, the pilots can be feel very setupy, which this mm -hmm. this episode definitely does have that right. Like it's all about For the sure. sale. Um, but I thought they did a good job of balancing, yeah, letting us get to know these characters as well as setting up seemingly the plot of what this show will be about yeah look at their seeding in a lot of the secondary players that we'll probably know uh throughout the season like like you said like a kareem abdul jabbar a genie bus um so yeah i'm excited to see what more they do with those characters i really like the kareem character um so hopefully we get a, a more of a starring role uh later in the season I, I I was surprised to see Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, uh, swear at a, ch a child for real outside of a movie. Yeah. So I'm excited to see how they like, portray him. I guess I don't really, I guess the, the more I was like watching this, the more I realized that, yeah, I don't know uh, a, a ton of like these people. Uh, you know, I was born in 1991. Uh, so this is yeah. uh, certainly like 10 years before I'm even born, let alone am I like having functioning memories and being able to watch basketball. Uh, we're going to rely on some of the patrons uh, who, uh, you know, are huge lakers fans uh to tell us whether this feels like supremely accurate and jason you and i will talk about whether the show is just actually fun to watch yes that's that's yeah. what we're here for we're not we're not here to get into my new show we'll, we'll let you guys uh help us with that yeah we're, we're gonna take you through the fun times of the show not really get too bogged down in the big basketball of it all well they do tell an episode uh, the very first thing we see on the episode is this is a dramatization of of events some of the names might be changed you right. know uh i did i did see from uh, our friend josh uh lemur who i first met as josh go lakers talks about some of the personalities that we saw on the show might be a little bit different than what he um, has at least seen in, in real life but um yeah they tell us right off the bat it's a dramatization. It's a TV show. Don't get mad when it's not 100% accurate. Yeah, that's par for the course with things like these, right? I mean, the actual story is probably more boring than what we're going to see. So they, they got to spice it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, all right. So we after the uh, the title seek or the, the the text on the screen, we get um, we we find out that it's uh, November fifth, nineteen ninety one, uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, I, I am born at this point uh, in the show. <laughs> I, I am, uh, I, little... I'm six. I'm six years old. <laughs> I'm like three months old. That's great. Uh, and we are in a hospital. And uh, yeah, we see, see Magic Johnson. Uh, he's he's um, uh, sort of sitting, looking at a magazine. He sees Michael Jordan on the cover. Um, and we see a nurse say like he he needs to, he he would like to leave. Uh, but he needs to head out the back because there's photographers um, out front, and uh, people are sort of staring him, staring at him as he leaves. As he gets in the car, um, his the person he's with or the driver is crying, much more emotional. Um, yeah, I was Johnson like, is. I was surprised. Like, you know, I, I like I said, I was six when this all happened, and I was like, oh, this guy just like breaking down, bawling next to him again. Yeah. All the stairs. I think I probably would equate it to like one of my earliest like memories of a sports figure is like when uh, when OJ got got okay uh, yeah got released that's probably my earliest memory of something like this something that yeah. kind of just has shock waves through like 
through everywhere, not even just the sports world, but just in the world in general. Yes. But like like I said, I was six, so I don't really remember where I was when when the announcement was made that Magic Johnson had HIV. Yeah, this is this is um I, I looked at the dates. I looked it up. Uh the, the scene is set on November 5th, but it will be two days later that he will publicly announce um that he has uh HIV. So um I mean, the shows love to do this, like, uh, hey, let's flash forward into the future and get a scene. Um, and it's certainly, uh, unfortunately, I think perhaps, you know, uh, as someone who would call themselves much more of a casual basketball fan, unfortunately, probably the thing that I know Magic Johnson the, the most uh, uh, for, other than perhaps, uh, you know, actually, maybe now being the, the owner of the Los Angeles Dodgers, <laughs> actually, is like how I first uh, remember him. But um, yeah, it's certainly a, a story that looms large over his life. And yet, uh, so it's interesting that they that's how they choose to frame the opening of this show a very powerful scene and you can just yeah. kind of the, the way that they kind of cut in and out of the dialogue it really made you kind of feel in his head where he's kind of phasing everything out and it's yeah. just like dealing with this issue like looking at a, a cover of, of ebony magazine with michael jordan on it like maybe thinking like you know i could have been this if not for this like what right. he thinks at the time is probably just a just lethal diagnosis yeah that's true too yeah um so, uh, yeah, so we cut from the, the driver uh, crying in the car. We get the intro. Did you like the intro? Loved it. I loved it. I, I loved it, too. Yeah, I think uh, it's. I think intros these days can be very hit or miss. I think uh, HBO, I think, knows how to do an intro. I think, well, they, they do an intro or they do the, like, here's the title of the show for one second. You know, you or just, like, jazzy music. Just, yeah, like, over some, like, this is, this is a, a theme song that had lyrics yeah. that, you know, was, like, you know. It showed you a, a kind of milieu of the time. Uh, this was uh, the song was "My Favorite Mutiny" by the Coop. Uh, never heard it before. Me now either. it's probably going to be in my rotation. Yeah, it's uh, great. You know, so I, I loved it. Yeah, it's very like evocative. It feels, you know, we start in 1991, but then flashback. We're we're in the, uh, uh, I think when the show starts, we're actually in the late 70s, but the show will take place mostly, I want to believe, in the 80s. Um, and it's yeah. perfect. It fits the tone so well. Yeah, they were in 79 yeah. when the show opens, I believe. That's right. Um, yeah, and for a show like HBO, I feel like uh, this will be... I'm, I'm excited. I feel like uh, I've gotten the privilege to cover these shows that are like the weekly drop model, the, the Sunday night HBO shows where like, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't even skip the intro if I wanted to because I'm like watching <laughs> live at nine o'clock on, on HBO. So I'm glad that the intros on the shows that I've been covering have been have been good. But um, yeah, so we uh, then cut to Dr. Jerry Buss. He's watching basketball and he's talking to someone who's clearly not listening about how basketball is like sex. It's a beautiful thing. And uh, sex and basketball are the two things that make him believe in God. Um, and uh, so we get our first instance here of him. Uh, well, whoever he's like with uh, is, is like trying to sleep, ignoring him. Uh, he turns to the camera. He says, I'm going to buy a basketball team. And we get the first instance of, of an Adam McKay classic. Uh, he did direct this episode, which is uh, character is going to break the fourth wall and talk to the camera. Yeah, I was surprised that uh, it's not just one or two main characters. Like, it seems like every character is eligible to like to break the yep. fourth wall at any time we could, we're gonna someone could turn to the camera jim halpert style and let us know what's going on yeah did you like the do you like the choice i I'm, I'm down with the choice i like it uh it's you know this show really seems to shift tones a lot goes mm -hmm. from drama to comedy it's even a little uh a little cartoony with at one point we get uh jerry west as the nba logo and the logo yes. comes to life yeah so, so i think in a in this shifting in the shifting form of this show, I think it fits well. So it's it you don't you never know what to expect with this show so far. 
Yeah, I uh, I agree. I I think I saw some people being like, "Why is he doing this again? Stop doing." He's doing like I think some of his movies have done. Adam McKay's movies have done this where he has the like you know the turn back and look at the camera. He loves this uh, style. Um, I think it's kind of fun, and I think uh, I think John C. Riley specifically is like the person who does it the most in this episode is like perfect for. It. I have to say, like this is to me the the two highlights of this episode, uh, which is great, is John C. Riley's performance as Jerry Bus and uh, Quincy Isaiah's performance as, as Magic Johnson. Which, like, for yeah, sure. if you want your two leads to like pop off the screen, uh, and if that works, it's probably both well for this the the show. But yeah, especially for Quincy Isaiah, who is like a just a brand new newcomer yeah he's like, totally I was new. really impressed with his performance so Same. at one point jerry buss was supposed to be michael shannon uh and the other one the other room is will ferrell right this is the well, yeah this the, little broke up will ferrell and adam mckay the, the breakup heard around the yeah. world yeah is uh will ferrell not being able to play uh jerry buss uh josh wiggler today in the post recaps discord says a hot take i think will ferrell would have been a very good jerry buss but uh, i lo- i thought will F- or uh, john c Riley, sorry uh is is pretty much perfect role. michael shannon that would have been that would have been interesting yeah i i think and the rumor was that he just had it he had such an issue with the fourth wall breaking that he decided right. to walk away from the project. Uh, but yeah, John C. Riley is, is is great here. I feel like, I don't know if I can have Will Ferrell like going into a, <laughs> a character like this. I, I feel uh-huh. like I see too much, too many of Will Ferrell's past roles to really buy him as a actual person. I, John C. Riley, I buy him as this person and, and he does it with, with great ease. So I, I, I loved it. I always give this example of Dwayne the Rock Johnson, where I say I can never watch a movie with the Rock and not be like, "That's the Rock." We covered the first movie we ever covered on Post Show Recap Theater when Ariel and I uh, started that podcast was Jungle Cruise, and the Rock's character's name is Frank. And I'm like, "You're not Frank. You're the Rock." And I feel like Will Ferrell has a very <laughs> at the very thing. best, we'll give you Dwayne. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you Dwayne. You could be Dwayne. You're done with the Rock. You could be Dwayne. But Will Ferrell, I think, has a very similar vibe where it's like, "No, you're Will Ferrell. You're not. You're not like yeah. Jerry. You know." But like a John C. I think has a little bit more uh, of the like, yeah, it can blend into the role a bit. It's more. like, I don't know. Are you Jerry Buss or are you Ron Burgundy? Right now? I'm not <laughs> sure. Or are you Buddy the Elf? Buddy the Elf. Yeah. Any one of these. Uh, yeah. Buddy the Elf, like <laughs> swearing and like being around naked people. Like I would, I would like to see that though. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. That's a whole That'd be interesting show. crossover. Yeah. Um, so we see that Jerry is not just, he's not at his house. He's actually at the Playboy Mansion. Uh, and he's talking about how he's with all these people, young people, fashionable people, people you want to have fun with. None of these people have heard of the NBA. They don't watch the NBA. Um, but he's going to go by the Lakers. And, um, he says the press says the NBA has an image problem. And for most people, the image is that it's too dark. Uh, he didn't make a fortune betting on the shirt thing. He made it by buying low and selling high um so i mean i i'm uh yeah the mba in the late 70s not not the hottest commodity around potentially for reasons other than just that people don't particularly love basketball at the moment potentially for larger societal problems jason yeah and it seemed like number one it was getting uh, quote unquote too dark uh, as john Riley says yes and it just seems it seems like this era of basketball coming in is a lot more showy and it's a lot more like you know like vibrant Mm -hmm. and it seems like it's it's a little boring maybe past its time but i think you know what, what this show was supposed to tell us is that this team is what's going to revitalize the nba they're gonna be sexy yeah yeah be cool Flash. fashionable fast yeah. fast yeah um so the sale is for 67 million dollars but uh jerry is going to offer half of it in property um and uh this uh the owner of the team uh jack cook not a good guy 
I think not great. Not, not, not great. <laughs> there, there are some red flags, Jason. In the first yeah, I, I, mean, I don't know if it's hard can. to see, but if you yeah. squint, you can see them. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, he needs to pay his wife, uh, which he does not often call his wife. He has other words that he likes to uh, refer to his wife as. And, uh, yeah, he's a uh, Claire Hoffman, uh, uh, or sorry, Claire Rothman, sorry, who's played by Gabby Hoffman. Very confusing. Uh, <laughs> comes in and she's like, "I'm not who he's talking about. I am just an assistant." And uh, yeah, uh, we get some insight into Jack when he says, uh, "You know, maybe you can undo a couple of buttons when Jerry comes." So, do you get a good sense of of what uh, what Claire Rothman's role is, like, or her official job title? I looked her up, and it said she was a GM of the forum, like of the. the oh, East really? Area. Yeah. She's but, I, but it seemed like she was the assistant here. Well, I wasn't sure. Well, I wonder does uh, is this a, a case where um, as she uh, perhaps gets to work for somebody who would respect her more than one Jack Cook, she, get a promotion, she, she a becomes a general manager. Uh, perhaps uh, I don't know. We'll have to uh, we'll have to I'll have to do some some digging to see uh, who Claire Rothman um, Claire Rothman was at the time. Yeah. I did like the breaking of the fourth wall to explain to us how he doesn't have the money yet. <laughs> like he's like, I got this. I need this. So, I don't have this. I have no way of getting this right now. <laughs> yes. Uh, so Claire Rothman is the accountant. Uh, she's okay. Claire uh, or Jack Cook's accountant, um, who uh, does go on to do bigger and better things uh, later. But uh, yeah, I, I love uh, also very minor character in this episode. But uh, uh, Doctor Bus's uh, business partner Frank, who just constantly I love like, Frank. Like uh, this is a bad idea. He doesn't have yeah. the money. He doesn't have it. Yeah, yeah. Um. Uh. So Claire comes up, brings them some booze, uh, puts down her hair, um, sort of uh, playing into what Jack had told them. And uh, even though Jerry does not have uh, Jerry Bus does not have all of the money for this deal, he agrees to it anyway. Uh, when he walks out, he says, "So, uh, you know, uh, here's the rundown of the money. I'm about fifteen million dollars short of the money." I need. <laughs> yeah. So just a just a you know some pocket change for Jerry Bus. He'll just need to scrounge up. Which he seems up. like a, he's the kind of guy that can that's a mover and a shaker and can get things done. So even even at that point, I was like, I'm pretty confident he'll he'll figure it out. Yeah. So we then meet uh, Jeannie Bus, uh, Jerry's a daughter, uh, and she wants to work for him and work for the Lakers. And uh, they do a mock interview, and uh, says, you know about the summer draft? The summer draft's coming up. Yeah, if you win the coin toss, you win. Which I cannot believe it. It's a coin toss in nineteen seventy. Yeah, especially since it was like I mean, I'm sure they dramatized the coin toss, but it was like so like so amateurish, or like so yeah. like anybody got a coin around here? Yeah. Uh, and uh, so he says, okay, if you uh, if we get the first pick, who are you going to take? It's easy. It's been the the two best players in the world just played each other, Larry Bird and Irvin Johnson. I do like how the the how they were describing the two guys was like. Larry Bird, and it was like white, 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 like, <laughs> and then Magic Johnson, black, 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 black. Like so, yeah. even though, even though you know, uh, Magic beat Larry in the national championship when they were in college, it's it seems like Larry is still the more desirable option, and he's already been signed. Yeah, so I had to do a little bit of research here to figure out because it's a little confusing because she's like, well, there's two choices. You could take one of these two people, and then it's like, well, the Celtics already already got uh, a Larry Bird, and I'm like. 
what how, how like it's if this is the draft how did they are they can't just sign him right we get a scene later it's like this is the draft it's not pretty interesting. so yeah. it turns out in the year before in 1978 the celtics did draft larry bird knowing that he would go off to college to finish this last year and so he's ineligible to be he's already been drafted he's claimed by the celtics so in the 1979 draft even though they kind of are the two uh they're the best players still playing in college larry bird had already been uh drafted so this idea of like what which one do you take it's actually a really easy answer considering what <laughs> Yeah, one of them has already been. One of them is not available. <laughs> one of them is not available. Um, but uh, 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 Jerry says, uh, "Magic or uh, Irvin Johnson, he's mesmerizing, and that's why they call him." And we cut to uh, the Johnson household, where uh, we meet finally meet Magic Johnson for the first time, whose mother does not like him being called Magic. Don't use that word in this house. <laughs> you know, it's like blasphemy. I think she says it is or something like that. Yeah, it's blasphemous. It's yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you know, uh, give your child a name and then he starts calling himself magic. It's it's a cool nickname. I mean, but maybe that's just like I have like 30, 40 years of like knowing him as Magic Johnson. Well, we didn't name you Magic, we named you Irvin. So yeah, that's what you're gonna go by. Listen, if anybody's gonna say that they don't have to be called what their parents called them, it I will be the yeah. first to advocate you can be called whatever you want. Sure. Um so they sit down to watch the draft, and then the uh, the press get uh, together at the NBA League uh, head office to uh, watch the coin flip. This is where they uh, cannot find a coin. Uh, Just so janky. Like, they, they can really get a good connection. Yeah. They can't get a good connection on the phones. This is uh, 1979 NBA. They're not flashy. They're not big. You know, as uh, uh, Buss says later, they're, you know, perhaps a failing. Uh, some would bet that this is a failing league. Um, yeah. But uh, Chicago picks heads, leaving uh, um, L.A. with tails, and it is tails. Uh, we do also see Magic Johnson's dad listening on the radio, um, seemingly um, on one of his many jobs, uh, listening to who win, who won the uh, the coin flip. Yeah, Irvin Senior. Irvin Senior, I really liked him throughout this whole episode. Um, I hope yeah, we, hope we get to see more of him uh, and his way, sage wisdom. Yeah, I thought uh, the dynamic between the two of them was really fun. Lots of uh, there's a particularly like I think impactful scene later in the the episode that I think uh, is very good. Um, his <laughs> Irvin's mom isn't even sure there's a church in LA, uh, yeah. uh, but uh, he's from Lansing, Michigan, so he'll be uh, a little. He's excited about it being quite warm, and uh, but his his girlfriend Cookie uh, thinks that um, perhaps it's in their best interest if they they break up. Uh, and he says, uh, "What are you breaking up with me for? For what? For Michigan?" And uh, she wishes him good luck in L.A. She'll be rooting for him. Seems like she knows the the fate of a, a long distance relationship of a girlfriend to a a highly prolific basketball star. I don't think she wants any part of that. Yeah. Uh, and that's interesting here to have this scene of like, yeah, I guess it's all just like setting up like what he's sort of leaving and his decision. I guess it, it does a good job of later setting up when he's having this decision about like, am I in over my head? Yeah. Uh, you know, I could just go back and even his dad says like, you know, you can do whatever you want. You have people who love you back home. You know, you could come. Live yeah. And home. it's an interesting choice throughout throughout the, the, the episode is like, well, you know, I still have this option of just going back to college for a year yeah. and then I can, I can still get a, you know, high paying, you know, position for another team if this isn't going to work out. So yeah, I, I thought that was an interesting choice to, to wrestle with throughout the whole episode. Yeah, totally agree. Um, so we finally we meet Jerry West on the golf course. Uh, I love Jerry West. 
uh, he does not want the team to draft Magic Johnson. He thinks this is a bad idea. Uh, he is uh, incredibly vulgar. And there is this uh, this comment where uh, J- uh, Josh Lehmer was telling us uh, uh, this doesn't this is not the Jerry West or so the way he has been portrayed most often in media. He is uh, seemingly a pretty well respected uh, individual. Um, we get his history uh, in the NBA, uh, a six time NBA finalist. Uh, yeah. Not a six-time winner. All he, of them. <laughs> he did win, I believe. It's something that they leave out of the show. He did uh-huh. win uh, a championship, but he he had this like run of yeah losing to the Celtics like a bunch of bunch of times. Um, yeah, and to the point where like uh, yeah, we also see his silhouette is the logo of the league. Um, and uh, yeah, but he's a uh, an angry person to say the least on the golf course. Yeah, I mean, to Josh's point, uh, when and uh, one of the one of this the scenes when they either we're meeting Jerry West, Bus goes, yeah, everyone knows him as the best, the biggest gentleman in the league. Yeah. to those that don't know him, <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> something that's supposed to tell us, like yeah, not really. He won um, uh, in 1972. He won with Will Chamberlain. Uh, they they did win the championship, but then yeah, he goes on this like long run of losing. So um, yeah, kind of interesting to leave leave that out but uh Wes is a uh, Magic Johnson is too tall to be a point guard is it isn't I love this line tall, he with, smiles <laughs> too much he's too he's too nice too soft I love Dr. Bell says isn't that a positive like he's too tall yeah. it's like a positive in basketball it takes the ball it? longer to get to his hands yeah it's yeah not for a ball handler yeah he's too soft so uh says no we're gonna draft him so Wes breaks his club and uh and storms off and besides the Los Angeles Lakers they already have a point guard they don't need someone in uh enter stage right norm nixon who was betrayed by devon nixon act yeah. norm nixon's actual son which is very interesting oh i did catch that it was the last name but i didn't realize that uh there's relation that's very fun yep, that's great his father that's really cool yeah uh that's fun yeah getting a manny penny somewhere i just couldn't figure it out he's he's one of those people that's like has been in things but you're like i don't he's been in a thousand things but none of them has like a series regular yeah, it's his, so I was looking him up, and I was Terminator like, oh, Two, uh, and as a little kid. Oh, he must be a kid. Yeah, he must yeah. be kids in this in this movie. Yeah, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, yep. uh, Lizzie McGuire. Uh, yeah, hmm. yeah, that's really cool that he's playing his father. That's great. Um, but yeah, he's at the uh, he's at the shop getting a mani pedi. All the way, like we thought you were the mailman like when you came in. <laughs> hey, I'm all for, again. I'm all for this. Uh, I'm sure that uh, people uh, would make fun of him at the time, but I think it's great. Some self care for uh, Norm Nixon. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, and then we see we get introduced to Kareem Abdul Jabbar, uh, who is uh, reenacting his scene in uh, uh, an airplane. Um, and he tells the kid to like f off, and then also in real life tells the kid to f off. He has for a picture together. Yeah, yeah. He's like he tells his uh his I guess his his wife or his girlfriend. He's like, yeah, I did what you told me to do. I tried to find my inner warmth, and the kid comes. Out, he's like, yeah, f off, <laughs> f off. Uh, yeah, more uh big succession energy. F off. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh Norm Nixon tries to. To talk, he'd like to talk to him uh, in his uh, lunch. And this is where uh, I'm excited. I think that the the character of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, we do, this is really all we get from episode one. But I think they like set up so much stuff here. That's gonna be he's gonna be such a fun character on the show. His like his his locker room or wherever he's hanging out, it looks wild. Uh, Norm tries to talk to him, and Kareem also tells him f off <laughs> yeah, he seems like he's like trying to meditate or something with the with the jazz yeah. playing in his headphones he's like it's just norm this is like the best time to come bother to come bother kareem yeah, never bo- just f off. when you have the headphones on it's a sign you know yeah. uh i feel like it's maybe that's, time. yeah maybe that's more like you know modern thing but yeah that's 
give me my space if I had my headphones on. I think it's so, interesting that yeah. Norm came all the way to a movie set to try and like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> to try and talk to to Kareem like this is your team. That's like, true. Uh, you know, it's funny. I I uh, nowadays I get so because I have I I got earbuds for the first time in my life. My brother got them for me for Christmas, and they are phenomenal. Except nobody ever knows that I have headphones, yeah. in, so they always try to stop. Them. <laughs> Not a problem back in '79. He had all these yeah. big old cans. Yeah, on he has the sides big of the head. Yeah. yeah. Um. So we get a meeting. Uh, Magic Johnson and his dad, uh, Irvin Sr., are going to go meet uh, Jerry and Jack. Going to have some lunch. This is the, the sand dabs. Um, and uh, th- 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 this is uh, this line here. This is like a total, um, like, I, I want to say passive racism, but I guess it's not even passive when he says, uh, Jack says you can judge thoroughbreds by their appetites. Yeah, uh, and then he calls him boy a little later. Boy. Like, this, the show kind of, this... I think it was probably going to be pervasive throughout the whole season. It's kind of like casual, casual racism, like displayed, which is, I think was probably actually pretty accurate to the time. So, I mean, you know, uh, I, I'm here for your insight here. Like at a show like this, they do, they do this thing where they like the, you know, we meet um, later in the episode. We meet, uh, is it Don Silver? Uh, I think he eventually, he's the uh, guy Don, who. Uh, Donald Sterling. Yeah. Don Sterling, sorry. Uh, the eventual owner of the Los Angeles Clippers who had the tape come out about it. Like we just meet yep. him. He, um, you know, whatever uh, about him. But we have the scene with Jack and uh, and uh, Magic here where there's like, yeah, this like the casual racism of the time. And then we also have the like tongue in cheek when Magic goes to uh, the party and the guy's like whites only and realizing that it's like they real before he realizes that it's like you, you're supposed to wear white attire. Um, like, how do you do, you, you know, uh, in this in the HBO show, like, do, how do you feel like it's it's working? Is it like, I don't know, I'm just. In, yeah, I feel like it's, I think it's 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 accurate it's to the time i think just like really any other time with that whole whites only scene we're transitioning into a a different time whereas you know magic thinks he's talking about like because he's black he can't come to the party right and it's like it's not it's not that this time but he's like you know if we were in michigan i would have showed you what what was up with that Uh, but yeah i think i think that it's going to be accurate to the time so it's it's okay that they're displaying it like this i don't want them to really sugarcoat things so right you know it's it's great it's good i think right um and i think also the same it's not like uh these are i i think there's a there's often like this like uh thing i think that people will say we're like well it's people of their time you know people but but like uh the show is also i think could do a good job of showing that like uh jack is jack is a dickhead <laughs> jack is such yeah, an mean, asshole, they're, they're not you know? showing they're not showing our heroes being right. racist so i think right. that's we're, we have this obvious villain like right. who is right. who is going to be the racist person we have like someone like Donald Sterling. If you know anything about Donald Sterling, you know that he, you know, villainous person. So super think, racist. Yeah. Yeah. Super racist. I think we're casting those people in the right roles. I think it's it, in that context, it's fine. Like these are people who have power, like they have power because they have money. And yet there is uh, a way to show that, like, that is not like, you know, uh, there are good people who are like, not racist you know yeah, like you know the, yeah and the donald sterling of it all like when they when they flash his name up and they say the, the second worst donald from the 80s right. <laughs> I, thought, I was like that's a good one that's, that's, that's good. a real good one yeah uh so um they're eating they're eating lunch they're having uh their sand dabs um magic's dad says one of his jobs is he's, he works on the chrysler line and uh in total like not able to read the room jack's like that's so funny jerry is selling me the chrysler <laughs> yeah and like in opposite in opposites of like relatability it's like oh yeah i'm about to buy that building and then you know uh 
bus is going to be like, well, yeah, I used to work at the mill, so I know what you're, I know where you're coming from, I know what your life is like. So, I, so bus is like reading, you know, reading yeah. the situation right, and Jack's just totally clueless. One of my three jobs is for Chrysler. Oh, I'm going to buy their whole building. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I'm going to own you, basically. Yeah. Um, so Magic is like picking around his food. He doesn't know what it is. It's very expensive fish. He's like, can I just have a cheeseburger? Um, and so this is where Jack says, you know, we have not yet settled on a pick. And I says, that's great. I haven't settled on a team yet. <laughs> I, yeah, I love that. I love how we played hardball here uh, with, with Jack. I, Jack I think, was not appreciative yeah. at all. I think there's a great thing that this episode does in which magic is both confident and doubting his confidence in, in all in the same episode, right? He's a young kid. Uh, you know, he's, he's, um, a college athlete kid right and so he has this moment where he's standing up to this guy the richest guy he's seen in his whole life uh and at the same time later this episode he's like really doubting uh his own ability i, I love sort of the contradictions we get it, it, he's just uh he's not they're not the characters aren't one-dimensional you know yeah so it's great um magic's dad sort of speaks up here says you know he'll take a fair offer it's all good and uh jack says this is a draft this is not free agency and he says well i can just go back to school i'll get drafted next year and i'll sign with a different team another team can draft me he says i'll take 600k and i'd like to finish a school and jack says no i'll offer you 400k and this is where he calls him boy and uh magic says jack jack can do whatever he wants with his money um yeah so uh, Irving, Irving Sr., uh, this is later. Uh, they're back in the hotel room. Uh, <laughs> Magic is eating more food, like is clearly ordered like room service. Hey, he's a big uh, boy. He didn't get that cheeseburger. They he left didn't get, he get cheeseburger. That's true. Yeah, he's uh, eating room service, watching TV, is in the robe. He's loving life. Everything is comped, uh, I imagine, on this trip. And he says, that's more money than $400,000 is more money than I've ever seen in my life. And uh, Magic says, we shouldn't take the first offer that's given. And Magic says, he learned, Magic says, I've learned how to make them feel good. And if you make them feel good, you can get whatever you want. And um, Irvin says, he's made a lot of compromises in his life so that Irvin can keep his mind on playing basketball. And for all the work that Irvin Sr. has done, now his son is telling him something about how, uh, about life that he doesn't know about. Uh, yeah, so I think we see the out. juxtaposition of like, of their two like existences. Magic has kind of learned how to like, how to charm. Uh, the people that would normally look down on him, but yep. his father is telling him, like, look, you know, I have had to be looked down upon so that I could make the sacrifices so that you could learn how to charm them, basically, with your God-given talents. Yeah, it's uh, it's really good. I love like they have these two totally um, different life experiences, right? And it's it's really strong. Uh, I love I really love their relationship and the um, that we're getting insight into into them um, as a father and son duo on the show. Uh, I hope as um even as this sort of, I imagine becomes uh magic playing basketball for the Lakers and them having success that we still get um, Irvin senior on the, on, on the show. Uh, Cause it yeah. feels like it could be a thing where like they're in Michigan uh, mm -hmm. magic is in LA, but uh, I would like more of Irvin senior. Um, we'll have more. Uh, we'll, we'll run through the rest of winning time after a quick break uh, for our sponsors. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. 
Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist-pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. So, um... Magic does get his burger after all. Jerry calls him up and takes him out for a burger. Uh, and I really liked uh, this scene. I thought it, again, gives a really good character development in the pilot for, I think, both Dr. Bus and for Magic Johnson uh, as they're enjoying a burger uh, on the hood of the car. It really shows Jerry kind of like in his element, kind of like, because it seems like he's a big, like, he's he's a good salesman. Yeah. Like he, he, can, uh, he can convince you to do things uh, and, you know, kind of relate to you and, and make you and pull you in. He has uh, the good sales line here. He has the, the line where he says, um, used to build missiles for the government, um, but I realized I'd rather build things than blow it up. That's what I want to do with the Lakers. You just need to find the right partner. And uh, I, I like their relationship here uh, when Magic is like, so like you're saying like uh, the deal is good. And, and, it's like, uh, <laughs> dude, do you know how much we, how much uh, Larry Bird got from the Celtics? Like, yeah. He's like, hey, I beat him in the national championship. So I think I'm like, you know, we're pretty much the same, you know, uh, by the the like cheeky grit, like the way Jerry is like, you're really going to ask me as I like take you over a burger. You're going to ask me again for $600,000. And like the, the like the smile, like the laugh yeah, that they, like magic has. It's so cute. It's great. I love this scene. Yeah, they both know like like where like yeah. where this is where this is coming from. Where this is going. It's yeah. like magic knows how how overreaching he's kind of being a little bit. Yeah, it's great. It's cheeky. It's great. I love it. Uh, and then they go to a nightclub. I thought it was like, you know, let's magic drive his uh, car. Uh, I thought little, I guess he's in college, whatever. He can go to a nightclub. Oh, yeah, he can drive. Uh, he can drive, yeah. The, uh, and uh, uh, they see uh, Diana Ross and Miss December. And he's like, you know, yeah. I don't know. Like, uh, they're stars. And he's like, hey, you're a star. Yeah, yeah, you're a star now. Get used to it. And uh, again, a really good, you know, call back to the beginning of the episode when Jerry has this like vision for what the future of basketball can be and what they're going to build together. Uh, they're watching the the show, all these women dance. And Jerry says, I just don't understand why basketball can't feel like that. And uh, the magic says it does feel like that. So, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I think Jerry, Jerry's Jerry's uh, he knows what his vision is and he knows what he wants to, to see. So I think that's going to be coming into play throughout the season as he tries to build that. Yeah. 
Um, we see uh, Jerry West is uh, having a drink at the bar. He's uh, like going over some stats, and uh, he once again finds out that uh, for sure uh, the Los Angeles Lakers will be drafting Magic Johnson, and so he puts a little plan in motion to see if he can disrupt that plan. Um, yeah, Jerry West is kind of like he's trying. He's it's funny because he's trying to build a better team. But but at the same time, Jerry Buss like wants more entertainment. Like I would I would call Jerry Buss kind of like what Jerry Jones is now, uh, right? You know, kind of he, he really wants to build a spectacle. Well, I think it's yeah, I I, I think it's really interesting actually because I think that like um what well, so you know that comment that like this is not the typical like Jerry West that we've seen the sort of like um, perhaps angrier um, more conniving. Um, person but there also is a lot of depth there right so the scene later when he's like you know look at look at what happened to me i i was on this team where like we we never won he did win but like we ne- we for six years we, we went to the finals and we lost every time and you know what happened cook kept, kept getting to cash a chip didn't matter yeah. and so i do think that like um there's a little bit of let's like um he is has the right idea Dia, even if he he's he's a little behind the times, it actually kind of reminds me of Moneyball. Uh, if you ever watch Moneyball, where like there's these like scouts who like this is just what they know, you know, of like uh, um, this is what I've been taught, this is what I know, this is how we're gonna win, this is how we built. We already have a point guard. We don't need this like this guy who's super tough. We don't need him. And yeah. I don't know how much there is about like with Jerry West. We'll see how much there is to play with. Like it seems like a lot of the reasons why people might not want Magic Johnson on their team is is race related. I don't know how much we'll get um, with that being a thing that like they that Jerry West uh, and magic end up like uh, going through. Like if that's one of the reasons why he's hesitant um, to take magic, but um, he sort of does have this, he has this idea about what it will take to build a winning team that fundamentally is different than what Jerry bus believes uh, can win a team, even though this kid is flashy, it's like, it's exciting basketball and they can win. I think it's kind of like what Jerry says. They could get both, not just, not just winning. They can also have the spectacle. Yeah, and from Jerry West, like I think like Jason Clark, who who I really love as an actor, I think he I think he plays the desperation of Jerry West really well. Like like Jerry West is just desperate to get a, a championship. He would he couldn't well in the show, he couldn't get one as a player. So now he he, he wants to get one as a coach. He just right. wants he wants to hoist that trophy. And you can just feel his desperation as he's, you know, swearing up a storm. This is one of those things I never know whether we should be like on these shows that are like based on historical things, whether we should uh, talk about, you know, the future. uh, But I do not believe Jerry West coaches the Los Angeles Lakers for very, very long. If if Uh, at all past the season. Right. I don't. Uh, So, uh, well, listen, if you're if you're so if people are so spoiler reverse, (laughs) um, for a minute. Yeah, but fair. I do think later in the season we will get a uh, different coach, I believe, played by Adrian Brody. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Right. So, I, and right. I think I think in real life, Jerry right. West sticks around as like a GM. I believe he does move into uh, the office. Yeah. So yeah, I think that will that might be a a, a storyline in this in this season. Right. I forgot about the Adrian Brody casting. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't think. I mean, at the end of the episode, things are not looking particularly pleasant for not, very well. Not great. The future of the team. Um, also not pleasant is uh, Jack's treatment of Claire again. Uh, so he yells at Claire to come to the office, and uh, he tells her to poke his st- steak. Uh, this <laughs> is poke, thing, like, he wants he wants her to poke his meat. Poke it. 
Uh, and I was like, when you're like, you doesn't really like poke it. I have to admit, I watch this episode twice, but sometimes you're like, you know, I quickly will check the Twitter for something. And he's like, poke it. You're like, wait, what? Like, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, oh, it's a steak. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's, well, it's they were obviously trying to me. get you. They were always trying to get you from the framing of the scene. Like at yes. first, so he's like pointing down. Yeah. And uh, so he uh, he also grabs her hand quite forcefully and he says uh, uh, the, he looks uh, tells her to read the paper out loud in which uh, there's uh, rumors that he's been treating his wife inhumanely in their divorce. He, he goes on this range like all I've done for ch children look up to me. And the first thing that's going to be in my obituary is going to be like treated my wife inhumanely. Um, and he uh, and this is the kind of the part I didn't. To this is like probably the storyline of the episode that I didn't love. The most i think it does a good job i think it's setting up uh claire's struggle and why she is you know what she could see as her future industry and what she's dealing with as a woman in in the uh, 70s and 80s um but this thing where he's just like well maybe i could find another way to pay my wife uh does not call call her his wife calls her another term because yeah. you know the deal with the lakers could fall through like what's the point of this like why does he want to screw it's, i mean I, I don't i really understand like he seems like he wants to sabotage the deal but either way, he's got to give his wife money. And yeah. at the end of the day, if he sells a team, he'll still have more money than he would if he didn't sell the team. Uh, yeah, this but is the only like maybe yeah. a move out of spite. I don't know. I, I, I guess they want the scene later with Jerry to like yeah. be the mastermind. So kind of the showdown. Know. Yeah. Um, so uh, Jerry finds uh, says in the paper, he's reading this to Jerry West. He says, yeah, that's weird. The uh, says a source within the Lakers organization front office has said, we're drafting uh Monkeef. We're not drafting uh, magic Johnson. And uh, says, well, it doesn't really matter who told them if it wasn't you, Jerry, but uh, we're not drafting Monkeef. We're going to draft magic Johnson. And uh, it says, even if it's a mistake, we're going to do it. And this is where we get the great scene where West is saying like, I was a great player too. And it got me nothing but a runner up prize. Most valuable loser. Yeah, Jerry. Uh, but both bus, both Jerry's, are yeah, kind of at, at a opposing viewpoints, and I think it's going to be fun to see for however long uh, West sticks around to see them butting heads uh, to do what's, what what which each person thinks is best for the team. Yeah, um, Bus says this great. He's so he's. Uh... I wasn't sure. I had no idea whether Jerry Buss was like a respected figure, whether he was somebody who was going to be uh, sort of portrayed in the show as somebody who's who's positive or negative. Uh, I love it here. He's such a class act when he's just like, well, I look forward to working with you, Jerry. And uh, uh, says, also, you might want to switch to vodka. He used to drink yeah. a lot of bourbon in it. You know, you can smell the vodka less on your breath. Um, yeah, I guess he's right. getting shades of gray of uh, of Buss throughout the season, which I think is going to be an interesting uh, interesting way for John C. Wright to play it. Uh, I have faith he can. Um, wow. So yeah, I, I think that's probably what we're going to get more uh, kind of a shades of gray type of character, but I think he'll, he'll be more anti-hero than anything else. Right. Uh, yeah. Going against the establishment of what the NBA currently is. Yeah. I can definitely see that. Um, so this is where we get magic. He's going to uh, the party that uh, Jerry has invited him to. This is where we get the uh, sorry, sir. It's whites only. Um, and uh, he thinks he's going to, you know, if we were in Lansing, uh, deal with you differently, but he gets a, a white jacket and he goes in. This is where he meets uh, Sterling. And uh, then magic meets Norm. They play some pickup basketball. What'd you think of this scene? I love the scene. I mean, it, it shows it, it gives us at least a taste of some basketball in this episode. Yeah, true. Uh, so, so I thought it was really fun. Uh, you know, I I don't know if I saw Norm coming away with that as as winning, but he 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 outright beats Magic like just really badly according to this to this episode. So I thought it was very interesting, and, and you know, like you said earlier, it it, sh it showcases the range 
um, that that Magic will go through in this episode, where he's from his highest of highs, where he has the upper hand on on Jack, where it's to now he's just doubting whether he should do this at all. Yeah, by the end of this this interaction with with Norm. Yeah, and I I think what's really fun here is that not only does it do great character work for Magic to see that he you know, um, yeah, he's like. Uh, stated as like, you know, he's going to be the next big thing. And also like he has not played professional basketball before he has played college basketball. Right. So he will have to step up his game. And it is a thing that like you, you do have to learn, you know, uh, rookies, perhaps in uh, some of these sports, um, certainly basketball being one where rookies can come in and really, uh, uh thrive, uh, in the NBA, but it's, it's not easy. And it's, it's, it's pretty rare for a rookie to be able to come in and, and suddenly be like, the best uh in the game right so it's going to take some uh there will be a learning curve for him so i like that and i also love that we set up norm as another absolute dickhead who yeah. it will eventually get uh have a, a, a probably a rather enjoyable fall from grace uh, as we <laughs> probably watch yeah him. but i like uh, yeah. i liked i like norm overall i think he's he's obviously a little little hurt that that magic's going to come in and steal his shine but I, I liked him as a character overall i don't know how much more we'll get of him seeing as how you know Magic is going to go to the Lakers and presumably steal his spot. Yeah, and again, we could chat about the like, are we spoiling real life? I I have no, I can't spoil it because I don't really know what happens to Norm Nixon uh, when when Magic comes and presumably uh, takes yeah, the starting game. I don't want to spoil myself, so I'm not going to like go yeah. too far in the future. But yeah, I, uh, yeah, I like so, the character. I hope he sticks around a little bit. So I I wonder. I I think there's two things that could happen with Norm. Is one is that he uh you know uh, gets ousted from his spot, whatever. But the other one is that he could sort of have that humbling experience because he's clearly trying to humble magic here. Um, and then recognize that like, oh, it's kind of a dick, you know, yeah. <laughs> a bit of a dick. Yeah, he could be a bench warmer for a while, like right. cutting eyes yeah. at, at magic every time he comes off the court. Yeah. So whether he becomes sort of like uh, you know, actually recognizes magic as like his peer, uh, or whether he'll be like uh, jealous of him, I think uh interesting to see. But I really like the setup here for uh for Norm. I like wearing the fox jacket, uh yeah. the, the uh fox skin jacket having to take it off. Yeah. Um, so as, uh, Nixon tells him, uh, yeah, maybe you should go back to college and we get this flashbacks of magic Johnson playing basketball, uh, as a kid, um, you know, training with his father, uh, falling asleep with a basketball in his hand while like his father's driving, uh, the garbage truck. Um, I thought some, uh, a, a good sequence, uh, here to sort of show where magic comes from. Yeah. yeah. I mean, good stuff is showing him as a kid, like narrating, uh, the play by play and then showing a little it. later a little later uh at like one of the last scenes of of this episode where he does that uh same thing on the on the court at the forum so yeah uh really good scene really great really great work there and not it doesn't feel like uh sort of i feel like yeah they do a really good job of sort of like uh they don't bookend it this in the middle of the episode and then we get the moment at the end of the episode but sort of like slotting it in where it sort of makes sense he's like thinking back like did i do all this stuff you know this is what i loved as a kid did i totally mm -hmm. mess up you know i think it's it's really strong um, we get another really great scene. Um, probably I, I said that um, I think John C. Riley and Quincy Isaiah are, are probably the standouts of this episode, but I am very excited about these two characters in particular. They interact for the first time here. Claire is sitting um, in, in one of the boardrooms and Jeannie comes in and Claire says, how was your first uh, week? So I figured out how to use the Xerox. Just, that's the hardest part. And uh, Claire immediately goes into this very graphic. So it's just like, oh, yeah, there's this kid at school. He, uh, Dondo, he, he, it's the first dick I ever saw. Freaking uh, Dondos, man. I hate that Dondos. guy. Yeah. And uh, it's like, I don't really remember his, his like, Venus wasn't memorable, but like Dondos is memorable and like sort of gives this thing where like, yeah, these like men 
these rich men spin a wheel and decide who they're going to be in the morning. And that's how Claire has to figure out who she's going to be that day. She has to figure out how to act based on how the men, uh, the powerful men in her life uh, are going to uh, behave. And uh, Jeannie says, are you trying to figure out if my dad's like that? Well, is he? And uh, she does not, we do not get an answer. In this well, I, th I think, you know, what happens a little later down the line is that we'll, we'll figure out that maybe, you know, uh, Jeannie convinces Claire that, you know, my dad's not really like that. And she already kind of saw that when, when, uh, earlier in the episode, when, when, uh, Jerry knows who she is and knows what she's done. Like he's, he right. tells her like, you got one of the biggest rock acts in the, in the form or something, whatever he said. Right. Right. Um, so, so he already has acknowledged her, her work and acknowledged her as a, as a person and not just as a woman to, to get him things and, and look and ogle her. Um, but yeah, yeah I think, I, I hope that we see like a like Claire and Jeannie kind of work behind the scenes to really to really control things, really help help uh, help Jerry uh, to to make the Lakers better. I think that's what we'll see. We'll see them as kind of a powerful force, even if they're kind of in the background. And again, not to spoil real life, but Jeannie Buss is an executive of Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. She's oh the, the Lakers. Like she is uh, in charge. She's very like powerful. And I do think like this story of um, you know having to work through a time period uh, which is not, and in an industry that is not favorable uh, to women all the time. You know, this is a, you know, we're living in the age where it is still news when a woman gets hired as a coach, you know, in, in major league baseball, it's been a big story. A bunch of these women being hired as hitting coaches or uh, the first uh, coach um, in the minor leagues, you know, it's still news. This is not an industry that is easy for women uh, to be working in. And so I am excited, especially I, I am a huge Gabby Hoffman fan. I've been a fan in, in everything she has been in. And so I am very excited to see her play this role in particular and the story that they're, uh, they they can tell um here so yeah yeah i'm not too familiar with her but i, I was i like what i saw so far yeah um so we do and i think what they're trying to do here is jerry bus has this image like i think what the show is is like he could be one of these people he could he could very easily be somebody who is like uses his power for bad stuff uh and he is like you know he's like hanging out the playboy mansion like he's yeah. very like you know but at the same time he does have like uh you know he's he's from what we've seen so far a pretty good dude but we do jump to him like begging his ex-wife for a loan <laughs> yeah well I, I think we're able to see like the 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 work and the play side of of jerry yes, that's yeah, he right. does, but he did, the, the difference is he doesn't mix the two yes yeah, you know he knows True. when work is work and when play is play uh so i think that's going to be that's going to be how jerry comes off in the in the series yeah, so he's begging her, and uh, he's like, "When have I ever steered you wrong?" He goes, "Well, I guess you uh, did marry me." <laughs> but she was a figure skater. What the heck are you yeah. blaming? Yeah, uh, and then he uses this uh, again. He's uh, very savvy here. He goes, "You know, Jeannie's working at for the Lakers," and she goes, "Oh, come on, no, don't do this." And uh, it's like uh, she's uh, she's got her eyes set on set on you. He's like, "Is that a bad thing? Like I'm her dad. Like the, you know, that's good." And so uh, she does agree to loan him the money. Says he won't regret it. They, I think they both kind of laugh. <laughs> Maybe yeah. uh, Jerry after he gets off the phone. This is where he kisses Frank. He says, "Thank God for ex-wives." <laughs> <laughs> the show doesn't really intimate this, but like, I wonder if like, if Jerry like had this plan the whole time. Like when he knew he needed money, he's like, "I don't know where to get some money from from my ex-wife. I'll I'll kind of connect it to our daughter." Yeah, uh, giving her a job. So, you know, she does that. She's like, this isn't the first, like, you didn't call me immediately. He's like, I called everybody else before I called yeah, literally any other person. It <laughs> yeah. don't really explain to us where else he got the money from because, because, uh, his ex wife's going to give him two million, but he needed like he did 15. 15. 
He said we, he's, he says on the phone too. He says I don't have anything left to sell. So it sounds like he sold a bunch of stuff. He potentially uh, some other people uh, loaned him some money as well. And then this is his like the last two mil that he needs uh, comes from his wife. So yeah. Uh, so this is uh, they're they're celebrating, but this is when Jeannie comes in and says, uh, you know, uh, Cook is going to ask you for the money all in cash. And uh, this is where I think again you can tell that Jerry um, really respects Chris. Says why. You work for him. Like, what are you doing? She's like, I think I'd rather work for you. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. one clear over, apparently. Yes, yeah. So uh, I, I think you're right. We don't see the finale to the scene earlier with uh, with Jeannie and Claire when she's like, is that, like, is your dad like that? And we don't get the answer here, but I think uh, this scene implies that she does give like a, I, I don't think he's like that uh, yeah. at the very least, yeah. Um, so we get magic. He's at the hotel, but now he is, a uh, much different state than he was when he was eating the room service. He, the, the, uh, um, uh, curtains are drawn. He's, uh, watching TV. His dad comes and opens and goes, what, what's, what's going on with you? What are you doing? Uh, he's worried. What if he fails? And, uh, this is, I think again, really great. Uh, I think often sometimes too, there's like these, we're like, uh, sport dads, uh, can be bad yeah. dads and this is uh not this take because he says you know you know i don't care if you fail if you come back to lansing you have people who love you and uh kind of a harsh line for mention i don't want to be lansing's tallest garbage man uh, yeah it's like come on man why do you gotta do that to your dad come on, like, come on. yeah like he, but he looks like, like yeah well i mean sorry no offense but yeah it's like, like you said it's just, you know in these type of projects it's either a, a dad that wants to push uh, their child, the furthest they can push them, the wants them to succeed the best. Oh, this is dad. I'm gonna be happy with you wherever you do because you're a great guy and I love you no matter what you do. Yeah, and uh, this is another little great speech here. He's just like, you know, bef before you even born, you're in your mom's belly. We just sat and wondered, like, who are you gonna be? And you said you could be Doctor uh, Doctor Johnson. You could be a lawyer. Uh, we never imagined you would play pro basketball, but you don't have to. You don't have to play. Like, no matter what, we'll love you, and the, that bottom line will never change. It's really great. This really cue good. the cue the studio audience. Oh yeah, Aww. yeah. Uh, so uh, <laughs> this is where we get uh, Jerry's heading to Jack's house to uh, complete the deal. This is where we get the title of the episode. Uh, there's some swans in the in the pond. He says, "You know what I love about swans? Most graceful uh, bird on the planet. Underneath their feet are paddling like crazy." I love um, the I love the 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 imagery that they used yeah, after this, great. like on the showing them the the ducks, like you know paddling underwater very good stuff very i love this cinematography. the cinematography of this episode i thought was really great the the like the certainly the way it's like filmed at times feels exactly like it's a movie from the 1980s like i just yeah, I was, like yeah i listened to the quote-unquote official uh winning time podcast and they were talking about how they shot it yeah um and they shot it with something called an ikigami which is which is actually equipment like from the 70s so oh, they shot they shot part that of it that sense. way they shot it so that it would look like a 16 millimeter uh, a film. Hey, HBO loves it. Euphoria shot on film. Uh, that makes sense yeah. that they would uh, do that for this show. As well. it, it just it totally felt like the way you you see this the the image. If it, it feels like it's exactly from the 1980s, it's really great. Yeah, it was a great, uh, really great. Great. Looks like they had great filters on, it, even when it was like was not shot that way to kind of give you that old feel. So there's really also this choice they made sometimes too where like you'd be in a scene and perhaps like there's a scene later when magic is like looking at um pictures in the hallway at the forum and then when they when they show like a picture of it it looks like it's almost like filmed as a documentary much yeah, more i think than that's it's, like... what they shot with the okay. with the ikigami uh got camera got it um 
There's another thing that they did in this episode, which I, I saw some critiques of it, is when um, someone would be speaking, but the image of them would not be them speaking. What do you think of that? Did yeah, that? I thought that was interesting. I, ca I caught it. I caught that a few times. I like the first time I thought it was like some like editing mistake, but I was like, no, I think that's something they're trying to actually go for. I'm just not sure what the purpose of it is. They did it a lot with Jerry uh, specifically. There's some stuff early on. And then the one that I remembered the most is when he, when he gets the 2 million, uh, Frank is like, she did it. And he starts singing, but then also at the same time, that's overlaid with them, him like being like, she did it. She's in. And he like kisses Frank with like also him singing in the background. And then um, the scene between Claire and Jeannie, when she's retelling the story, there's moments where she's just like smoking the cigarette, like it's yeah. on her, but she's telling the story at the same time. I don't know. I, I'm like, kind of like, I could get why people would think it's annoying. It feels like it almost is the same thing as like when the sound isn't lined up with the, with the you know, like thing. dubbing's off or something. Yeah. But to me, I kind of like it, it almost like keeps me engaged in the show in a way. I'm like, Oh, it's like interesting little thing that they did there. So yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't say it did anything like positive for me, but it didn't like, it didn't ruin it for me. Yeah. It was just, I was just wondering like, why, I don't know why you would really do that. I don't know what purpose yeah. it serves. Yeah. So we get the meeting here between um, Jack and Jerry. Uh, uh, Jerry lays out uh, the sale. Uh, he has all the properties. Here's the check. Uh, you already have the deposit. And uh, Jack here says, uh, you know, I could, you know, I could ask for it all in cash. And and this is where uh, I, do, I do love this. Like, again, I think that the scene is only in here to for us to be like, wow, Jerry is smart and cool. And like, no, he's a business guy because he turns and he goes, watch me paddle, mother. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But were you surprised that it was this easy? Yeah. I mean, he just kind of says like a few sentences and then Jack's like, oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. I was, so I was going to do it the whole time anyway. I just, you know. Yeah, so like if this is the end of Jack Cook, like I'm certainly not mad at that. He's uh, terrible, so like I'm kind of like I don't need more yeah. of that guy. Um, I I don't know. On one hand, it's very satisfying to see him like played so easily, right? That is just like immediately the bluff gets called and he's wrong. And in other ways, I feel like the scene is a bit like um, it feels very again writery to me. Like I can see the exact intent that they they want me to have in the scene, which is they want Jerry to to look like uh, he's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, and so they set up this like little plot in this episode where it's like, well, what if he actually like reneges on the deal, but he actually has no standing in the deal. So it never feels like real. Like when it happened, you're like, Oh, okay. I right. think I would have preferred him to do it with a little more like finesse and like pizzazz yeah. rather yeah. than just saying like, just give him the brass tacks. Like, Hey, you know, you could not do this, but you're still going to owe a lot of money to your wife. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of funny. Cause like, I think there's a good line here where Jerry can, is like, Oh, I had all this extra time to maybe like, pull out all the money like uh you think i did that i yeah, absolutely like, no, did not didn't do that at all <laughs> so it's I kind of nothing. like it's kind of funny because it's like showing he's like not this like he's he's a little bit like more like smarmy he's a little bit more like you know uh he's kind of like used car salesman -y more than he is like fanatical genius or whatever and so i kind of like that at the same time i feel like i wish there was like something he could have pulled other than to just say like well you're never gonna do that like you owe your wife a bunch of money you could take my 18 million dollars but where does that get you? Like nowhere. Um, yeah, so so I wish it was like this, this team going down the drain. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah. I just, you know, we get the line from him earlier where he's like, I was, I was a physical chemist, you know, uh, yeah. and I was, and he was like, I was looking him up a little bit. He's like 24 when he, when he got those degrees and when he started working, oh, really? he was very young. Um, but I did, I don't know if I felt, I felt more, I felt more snake oil salesman than like genius. Yeah. Same. Because I, at least. 
I kind of thought that like there should be maybe like uh, the thing we don't see that like he's that Jerry's able to like pull out other than just being like, nah, I'm going to call your bluff, you know, but yeah. it, it doesn't ruin the episode for me. I, I think it's totally fine. But yeah, it's just like this is the, the part of the episode where I, I, you know, when I rewatched it, I was like, yeah, I don't this doesn't do a ton for me. You yeah. Know? But yeah. Um, so Cook agrees to the deal. Um, but bad news for Jerry. Magic says yeah, I'm going to go back to college. Thinks he needs another year. And uh, Jerry, again, like th this to me was clever. This is the clever bit. This is mm -hmm. like what I want from uh, the scene before. And so maybe I'm like wanting too much because we do get this like really clever thing, I think, where he says, well, OK, let me walk. I'll walk you out. And so then he, he's walking and he goes, oh, we're, we're lost. I think we're lost. Uh, I got to let me get somebody. We'll figure out how to get out. And uh, so Magic then uh, is conveniently right near the locker room where he will find uh, the the, jer the Lakers jersey with his name and number on it uh, and, and be able to like head out onto the court uh, and play play basketball for a bit and this is like you could tell because he runs you know claire and genie are watching and uh, uh jerry runs up uh, with them and they watch magic and and to me this is really clever of like uh feels a little bit like you know, like oh we're lost and he like ends up near the locker room like i think magic clues in but i don't really care if magic clues in because i think the moment is so fun yeah it was a setup of obviously uh you know he just wants he just kind of like lets magic live in it for for a yeah. minute like try try on the suit see how it fits you like see like run around in it like get in get into the, the the feel of it and i think that he knows that when once he gets a taste of that he's not going to want to go back yeah it's it's great i love this and this is this is like kind of like yeah that like clever little thing that jerry can do that's like uh, uh i think really works uh, well in the scene and it's it's fun uh, again i love uh you mentioned earlier they do we should we get the flashback of magic as a kid uh, commentating uh, and we get the same thing in this scene where magic is commentating himself playing in the forum. It's, it's really, really good. Um, so the Los Angeles Lakers draft Irvin magic Johnson. And he says that the Lakers are already a great team, but with him, they're going to be very exciting. Uh, Jerry West looks very much unimpressed. <laughs> the, the very agitated. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love that. Like look on his face, uh, just like trying to smile kind of, but not being able to smile. So and a smile he, grimace, like a, yeah. like a mimace. Yeah. And he heads back to his office where he chucks his MVP trophy. I knew that was coming. Like, I was I like, too. Right, he's going to throw, throw a trophy to the window, obviously. It's, and it's like, it's good. I think like it's perfect. It's framed in a way that you're like, he's obviously about to chuck something to the window, right? Like we have not followed him. The camera's not yeah. followed him into the office. It's like very much clearly centered on like the hallway. Um, and even though I knew it was coming, I was like, that's great. I love it. Yeah. And uh Magic uh, listens in on the radio as uh, they talk about his nearly record-breaking contract. He did not beat Larry Bird's record-breaking contract. Uh, Jerry buys himself a drink um, and then heads onto the court. And I, I love the end of this episode as well. I think uh, great insight into to Jerry here. He just uh, walks to the middle of the court. He says, I own this. I effing own this. And just, yeah, I mean, like, two, throughout, two throughout, more this whole, yeah. throughout this whole episode, we get, like, Jerry is, like, a really cool customer. Like, he's not really over-exuberant. But, like, at the end of this episode, he's just, like, yeah, I did it. Like I, I, I this own is this. mine. Like he's, I have he's like giddy this. as a kid. He's obviously a little drunk, and he's like at the center of court, like just letting it all out at this point, which is which was a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, and that's the end of the episode. Jerry yelling, uh, "I effing own this!" Uh, I think four times in total. Uh, he says the words, I effing own this. Uh, and that's uh, that's the premiere. I thought really, really strong. Um, yeah. I thought, uh, again, these episodes can often feel like a lot of setup. It is a lot of setup. It's about Jerry being able to buy the Los Angeles Lakers and whether Magic Johnson will um, 
be be drafted, uh, choose to play. Uh, two things that we know happen. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So, like, do, yeah. do you think they spent a little too much time on the the decision that we already know is going to be made, or the the transaction are already going to know? Isn't it? I mean, we have a ten episode season here, and they're billing this as a limited series. How fast do you yeah. want this pace to go? If we're, what do you think we're going to be covering by time well, season ends? I think we get to 1991. I think, right? I think we get to where we start the show, right? Um, that very much feels like a. I can. I as I watch this episode, like even though I watched it twice, I kind of like forget that that first scene happens with uh, mm, him in the yeah. doctor's office. And but I do feel like it's in there because that's where we will we will wind up. Uh, or do you think so. this might be like kind of a a uh, for those that watch like Better Call Saul. Like, are we going to get a, a few vignettes of 1991 sprinkled throughout oh, the season? Yeah, maybe they like cut back and forth. I, I'm not sure. It really felt like because we stuck here pretty much the whole time. Like, you think like once per episode or something, or like we get maybe the, maybe the once every couple episodes. Like, maybe we'll yeah. see his his a uh, his a uh, press conference announcing he's retiring, right? Uh, because he has HIV. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know if we're going to get to the end of this, this first season by the end of our first season, or if we're yeah. going to speed through some of the years at, at any point. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, certainly we'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I do think we're going to speed through 10 years. Like it, you know, cause they've called the limited, limited series. I do expect that like this covers the whole dynasty, uh, versus like, this is just about his first year uh, in the league. So uh, that might be a little jarring to like come back next week. And we're like, you know, a year, like, you know, is it the end of the first season or something, you know, yeah. uh, could be interesting, but you know, I, I think, yeah, we have two decisions here. The two central plot lines are things that we know will happen, but I was not watching the show to, you know, and I thought that the show did a really good job of not making it feel like um, everybody, everything was weighing on these two decisions that these people had, whether, whether Jerry could buy the Lakers, whether magic would uh, decide to play and get drafted by the Los Angeles Lakers. It, it does such a good job of telling you who these characters are, uh, particularly with magic, like what he's struggling with um, that he, he has the confidence of somebody who might be the best player of all time. And also uh, the, this like creeping doubt in his head based on like, uh, you know, where he's come from, uh, what, what he's up against, uh, whether he could actually like live up to the potential. I think all that stuff was like so strong, strong enough that it, uh, you know, there easily could have been a version of this, of the show where I'm like, yeah, this was kind of boring. Like I knew everything yeah. was going to happen. Right. But the character development is so strong uh, and the performances are so strong. I think particularly by those two. They thought it thought it was good, and there's intrigue for me about what we're gonna get to see from like Claire, Jeannie, uh, that that side of things. So and Kareem, and Norm. So yeah, I, I think I'm probably most excited to see more of Kareem out of all the like secondary characters that we saw. Same, same. Because he was just uh, so interesting in the in the limited time we got with him this episode. They only mention it um, uh, very briefly once in this episode. I think Jack calls him by. Uh, his yeah, previous his name is not always he's not always known by Kareem Abdul Jabbar, right? So, Cinder, maybe? Yeah, that's yeah. right. So uh you know he's a very interesting, you know, uh person. So well, I mean, even uh, now, like present day, true. uh Kareem is a is a very interesting person. You'll you'll see a lot of uh, a lot of his like essays and a lot of his things talking about a lot of things that are going on in our culture t- in our culture today. Um so if you if no one's checked that out, good look up some of the stuff he's he's written about and some of the stuff he's been saying. So it, yeah, it, he's a, even to this day, he's a very interesting guy. Yeah. Um, if you want to uh, chat about winning time uh, with uh, J- 
Jason, myself, and lots of other folks, a great place you could do that is by becoming a patron of Post Show Recaps, uh, patreon.com slash postshowrecaps. At any level, you get access to the Discord. At the $5 level, you can get access to our um, television channel where you could chat about that. At the $10 level, you could get access to our winning time uh, thread, specific thread where folks were chatting uh, today about the episode. Um, you also get uh, bonus content and at higher level, uh, sorry, exclusive podcasts, uh, YA, uh, currently going through the Harry Potter series, uh, uh, Extra, uh, Josh Wiggler and Kevin Mate talking uh, through uh, the X-Men cartoon series um, and lots more uh, early access uh, podcasts. And at higher levels, you get access to, to merch. Uh, it is the beginning of the month-ish. We are uh, a week out from uh, March 1st, so a great time to become a, uh, a patron. Um, Patreon will charge you at the beginning. Uh, no matter when you sign up in the month, it will charge you for that month and then on the first of the month for the next month. So the earlier in the month you get in, um, the better. So now is a great uh, time. This podcast dropped uh, in a couple of feeds, the uh, HBO uh, feed. So if you're listening to this in the main feed and want coverage, uh, want to make sure you don't miss any of the HBO shows we're doing, you can uh, catch all of those over at uh, posterrecaps.com slash HBO pod. That's also dropped in the Euphoria pod. So if you're listening to us uh, because you were a fan of Euphoria, uh, make sure you don't risk, miss the rest of our coverage uh, by either joining our HBO feed or checking it out in the main feed. Um, uh, Jason, where uh, where can people find you? And what are you up to? Uh, I'm on Twitter at J-A-Y-R-1085. Um, right now we're doing, I am uh, co-hosting a weekly uh, recap of the Married at First Sight show with Asia Welch right now. We're in the middle of the season. It's a fun time. You don't actually have to watch the show to follow along. We'll walk you through it. It's a lot of fun. Check us out over on Rob as a podcast over on the reality TV wrap ups. That's where we'll be. Um, so that's where you'll find me every week and, and here now. Yes, we will be back uh, each week. We might have some guests sprinkled along the way. I believe we have a special guest joining us next week. We will keep that secret uh, for for now. But uh, look out for uh, we, we, you know it's more we're more than a, a two person crew. We have to fill out the lineup, Jason. We have yeah, to make we, some we, draft. We, we, yeah, we need a starting uh, starting three or starting five or however yeah. many we're going to have. We yeah, won we the coin toss against. Uh, I was going to name another podcast on the feed. Uh, I can't think of one at the moment. Isn't that bad? <laughs> that's, that's bad. I mean, you're on like all the other shows, so you can. Yeah, that's true. I was trying to, I, yeah, I'm trying to think of a, a show that I'm not on. The Gilded Age. We won the coin toss against the. So we get first pick for our guest next week. There we go. Uh, okay. Uh, great. I did it. I made a joke. A uh, topical joke. Uh, I made a funny. I, yeah. Uh, I'm covering lots of stuff here on Post Show Recaps. Uh, currently, uh, Raised by Wolves, a weekly coverage with Josh Wiggler and Taryn Armstrong. Weekly movie coverage with Ariel. That's been a lot of fun. We'll be back this week with coverage of Drive My Car, the Oscar-nominated uh, uh, picture, uh, Japanese uh, film that dropped on HBO Max. Uh, Our Flag Means Death, a new uh, H- Taika Waititi HBO show. I love HBO shows. Uh, that's my jam. Uh, so we're covering that that pirate show. Uh, over on Rob is a podcast this week are uh, the sports show, which Jason has guested on in the past. Uh, we'll be making its triumphant return. We are doing a reformatting of the show. So look Ooh. out for that. It is currently yet unnamed as well um, because I'm indecisive. So, uh, But the sports show will be back this week with uh, talking about March Madness, a preview of March Madness. So uh, check that out. Um, I think that's all. Until next week, we'll see you. Uh, Bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.